Condo Handy Podcast is Josh Merkel, head men's basketball coach at Randolph Macon College down in Ashland, Virginia. How are you doing today, Coach? Doing great, Hondo. Great to connect with you. Well, let me uh, give our listeners some background on you. Uh, correct me if I make a mistake. But those of you who don't know Coach Merkel, he just completed his fifth season with the Yellow Jackets. He has increased his win total each season, and his team has gone 55-6 and six over the last two seasons. What an achievement. Coach Merkel has na- been named the Old Dominion Athletic Con- Conference Coach of the Year for the past three seasons. This past season, Coach Merkel was also named the NABC Coach District Coach of the Year, as well as the Bassett State Coach of the Year. So, Coach, congratulations on your achievements. Thank you. Appreciate that. Coach, can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing, uh, uh, maybe your high school you attended, and what sports you participated in? Sure, yeah. Upbringing-wise, it starts with uh, growing up on a farm. I say that I hit the parent lottery. Um, (laughs) Both my mom and my dad, uh, extremely influential in raising me, oldest of nine children, Uh, just a big uh, (laughs) – Big Catholic family that um, <laughs> sports was a big part of growing up. Like I said, we grew up on a farm, not your traditional farm, in that we had all the different animals. Um, we did rent out the land for cows, for horses. We grew corn, sold it in the summer. Uh, but basically, kind of, we had a lot of land. Um, so it was an awesome environment to grow up in. Um, right. My mom played basketball at University of Maryland. Um, oh. And so that, that she... I think she had a passion. I know she had a passion for it. She continued to play into her 60s and 70s. She still plays senior Olympics basketball Wow! at the age of 70. So um, (laughs) that's where the passion developed. She taught me how to shoot. And, uh, you know, I've loved basketball ever since. I would say she was my my first coach uh, and my first teacher. And then uh, going right into the high school, uh, I was lucky. Um, Growing up in, in Frederick, Maryland, uh, St. John's Prospect Hall became a national power. The four years I was there, they were nationally ranked uh, each and every year. Um, played JV my first two years. Uh, played varsity my last two. Really didn't play any meaningful minutes of high school basketball my junior year. Um, just a lot of good players in front of me, eight Division One players. Wow. Um, a lot of people around me, including my parents. And at one point, even my coach suggested that maybe I'd be better off uh, transfer into a public school where I would play, uh, but I didn't want to run from a challenge. I felt like I was growing and getting better. Right. And um, really, I, I always look back at that decision. I'm, I'm proud of it, um, but I was able to earn some minutes that senior year. And, uh, you know, I've, I've taken a lot from, from that. I was pursuing um, getting a scholarship, but I probably gained a lot more from that pursuit than I have from, from even reaching – uh, some other goals. Wow, man, what a, what a uh, high school career, great school. Um, do you have any other special memories from that high school that you you know you might want to share with us? Yeah, the the, the relationships you always look back. Um, the the work ethic that I think I developed. Um, you know, was was able to have a, a level of toughness and intensity and focus that that, that I think came from being in a, a competitive environment, uh, Stu Vetter, two-time national coach of the year, hall of fame coach, wow. Kevin Sutton, who's now uh, an assistant at Rhode Island. He's been all over. 
uh, at all different levels. And I was fortunate that that was my JV coach. I mean, here's a guy that's coached at Georgetown and George Washington and Mott Verd and been successful everywhere he's been. That was my JV coach. Wow, that's um, amazing. That was a guy that every lunchtime, uh, we had 40 minutes for lunch and I'd, I'd quickly bell would ring, get dressed, uh, to work out, be able to go into the gym, um, along with some other guys and just get a 30 minute workout. And then, uh, about five <laughs> minutes to go run back downstairs, get changed to be eating my lunch, uh, <laughs> first few minutes of class, or even as I was changing and just, just that relentless pursuit, um, you know, provided a lot of valuable, provided a lot of value, I think, for my life. Well, that's that's amazing, now, Josh. Well, I'll tell you what, can you tell me about your journey to college? What, you know, what made you, you know, what, you went to Salisbury, right? I did, yep, yep, yeah, you know that, we're, we're both alums. Uh, what made you choose Salisbury? And did you play all four years there? I, I did, yeah. Um, you know, I sometimes you're uh, you're fortunate for the way things turn out. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that I'd recommend the way I did the recruiting process. But, again, you don't know what you don't know. Right. I was the oldest first time we went through it. I'm on a team with multiple Division One guys. I mentioned eight my junior year. Wow. There were another six my senior year. And, um, you know, so like society, like a lot of us, you know, you feel like you're failing if you're not getting that scholarship. I, I probably fell into that trap a little bit. Right. I didn't visit many D3s. Um, when I finally did, I certainly was impressed uh, with SU. They were coming off an Elite Eight. Uh, some great guys on that team that I was able to meet. Um, and and right. price was a big factor, too. So I made a deal with my dad who wanted me to get a job. Um, and I wanted to play AAU. I wanted to keep pursuing basketball. Right. And so the deal was if I, if I don't get a job, um, then I will pay for school if I don't get a scholarship. So money was a big factor, too. And, and being a state school, uh, Salisbury was probably the most affordable because um, I think if it came down to, to all things being equal, I would have gone to Catholic. They did the best job recruiting me okay. uh, at the time. Um, and then just playing for Ward Lambert, who uh, today is is still a dear friend. He's in my life. He watches our games. He he sends me an email after every game. Of course, <laughs> um, a big analytic analytics guy. So he sends me the numbers. Um, so so you know, very fortunate. And also the relationships. I mean, a ton of guys that uh, that I played with were, were in my wedding or at my wedding. Uh, some great people at Salisbury. I was able to meet. Um, and continue to have relationships with. And, and then Ward retired after 30 years. That was my junior year. And then I was able to play for Steve Holmes my senior year. Okay. So also it was nice to have, have two mentors and, and two guys that I could learn and play, play with, play under. Well, <clears throat> um, thank you for that. Um, well, can you summarize your, your coaching history so far? Summarize coaching history. Yeah, I'll give you the short and then you can dive in if you want anything, anything else. But um, I always wanted to be a high school coach like Kevin Sutton, who I mentioned before, my JV coach. Um, always wanted to be that influence for someone else. Um, I thought he brought out the best in me from a, from a work ethic and competitor standpoint. And uh, so I went back to coach high school. I was fortunate to go to back to my alma mater. At that time, Bruce Kelly was now the head coach. Uh, and this is a guy who played it. Uh, a high-level college basketball player himself, uh, Division One college coach, had experience at American University, and this is uh, this is my, my first coaching job. Great coaching mentor, still in my life now. We talk weekly, and 
it was, uh, it's funny because I still remember the, the thing I remember most is that after, during that first year, after thinking I kind of knew everything there is to know about basketball, mm-hmm. I realized just how little I knew. Right. Um, so Bruce Kelly helped, helped teach me that three years there. I was the assistant varsity. Uh, I was the uh, head JV coach for two years there. Right. Um, I was uh, helping out with the women's team because my mom was the head coach and my two sisters played. Okay. Uh, I was doing individual training. I mean, I was just in the gym uh, as much as humanly possible. Um, I loved right. it. And, and uh, I was teaching there at the time. The opportunity presented itself to be the GA at West Virginia. Um, and I tell the story, I was probably their 13th choice, but somehow um, <laughs> got, that, got that position. It was incredible to go from uh, being a high school coach and a D3 player to now my first Division One experience is in the Big East. Wow. Um, and then in that, in that year, it was a two-year position, but in that first year, we go to the Elite Eight, and the, the head, uh, our top assistant, Jeff Neubauer, gets the head job at Eastern Kentucky, and he takes me with him, basically with Coach Beeline's yeah. blessing. And, uh, and that's another, you know, just uh, unbelievable opportunity to be mentored under Coach John Beeline, who, um, right. you know, he's a Hall of Fame college oh, yeah. coach. And a great teacher. I learned so much. It was like getting your PhD in coaching that year. Um, Jeff Neubauer is, is also right. a disciple and, uh, you know, learned from him and coached in the OVC, Ohio Valley Conference at Eastern Kentucky for five years, worked with some great guys. I mean, our staff there was phenomenal. Ted Hotelling is the head coach at New Haven. Dale Wellman is the head coach at Nebraska Wesleyan, won a national championship two years ago. Uh, David Boyden, an assistant at Radford, Ben Fratrick, head high school coach. So just the guys that I was able to work with uh, also there really helped influence my philosophy and, and some of the things that we do today. And then uh, moved to uh, moved back to Division Three to be an assistant for Nathan Davis at Randolph-Macon. And another just great opportunity. Um, super thankful that that year we went 25-5. and five. And uh, Nathan is as good a teacher, as good a human being as, as you can meet. And I learned a ton and still learn. He's still a mentor in my life. Um, and then from there was uh, fortunate. The Salisbury job came open. And uh, after one year at Randolph-Macon, I was able to uh, be the head coach at Salisbury. I was there for four years. Right. The head job at Randolph-Macon came back open. Um, <laughs> and they pursued me. And, and I accepted that job and uh, have been here for five years now. Well, I tell you what, those coaches are certainly mentors, and they're usually mentors for the rest of your life. Um, I know Coach Ward Lambert is certainly mine. Uh, Coach, I, I know you're from Maryland, uh, but I'm sure you didn't know that uh, this 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 year, this past March, um, Maryland's Governor Hogan signed a, a citation making March uh, 2020 Good Sportsmanship Month in Maryland, which would have been perfect for March Madness, but of course we we know what happened. Uh, what's your philosophy on good sportsmanship with your team? Mm, um, yeah, uh, I think you know I don't know that I can articulate a philosophy other than um, you know we want to compete. Compete means strive together. Right. Uh, we want to do it the right way. Uh, there's probably a million things. It's, it's hard to just boil down, you know, what is good sportsmanship? I think it, it shows itself in, in so many ways. Um, I think you bring great effort. Um, 
I think uh, you got to be a great teammate. Uh, I think you got to understand that when you compete, you're striving with someone to bring out the best. Uh, I think you have to remember that you can't always control the outcome. You can only control your effort and your attitude. And uh, that's probably the best thing that I could say. But I think there's moments where we can identify, praise good sportsmanship, um, help players understand where they can do better and, and how to close gaps. Uh, and a lot of those moments just present themselves in practice and games over the course of, of a season and beyond. Well, I think at a college level, that is an excellent answer. Can you sum up this past season, uh, uh, coaching at Randolph-Macon? Yeah, well, one, of the, <laughs> one of the most enjoyable groups um, and, and journeys in terms of, of the year that I can remember. Um, and I'm excited to do it again, too, because uh, every year the, the slate is wiped clean. And that's what you do because there's a different dynamic. Um, but you basically, um, you know, every team has a certain uh, feel to it, a certain dynamic, like it becomes its own entity. Um, and so let's just say, you know, it was the, the year was 2020, but team 2020 was one that uh, we had great leadership. It was a player driven group. Uh, one thing that we've been doing the last couple of years, but uh, I don't say much in the pregame. In fact, I turn it over to the players. So they give the offense, they give the defense. My assistant does the personnel. Wow. And so I, I get to say very little. Uh, that's been going on for two years. But we had a really player-driven group. And then we, we've got a talented group that uh, became connected as the year went on. Uh, we had some talented freshmen um, that, uh, you know, are older guys. So – Here's one thing I would say. Meritocracy is such a big deal. And you have some programs, some teams that have the old school philosophy of, you know, the older guys have all the answers. Right. And you can learn so much from some of your young guys when they come in. And I think meritocracy just means, you know, your voice, how much people listen and how much you can be heard depends on how much you do and how hard you work and, and how few distractions get in your way. And uh, so we've got a good meritocracy going right now. Um, got a great staff, got great continuity. So when you ask me about this year, I think of our staff being together as long as it has. Uh, I think of the year before when we made it to the Sweet 16 and lost to Swarthmore, who went to the championship game. And I think of that pain. Uh, I think of the pain of a couple years before that where we didn't make the tournament. I think all of that kind of uh, goes into a year like we had this year where – we, we treat every possession like it matters, uh, where we identified roles really early. Uh, we had no issues, zero issues, playing time, chemistry, zero talks. Guys just uh, jumped into their roles and did everything for the team, and we had a great team ego. Well, uh, obviously that can uh, contribute to your uh, leadership um, as a head coach. Um, I know you've been named Coach of the Year several times over your career. Uh, the story is you're an, you're an excellent recruiter and that your players work hard for you and follow your lead. What do you attribute that success to? Man, if that's, if that's the story, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, well, let's, take, let, let's unpack that for a second. I mean, excellent recruiter means we're getting really good players, and that's the truth. I mean, that, that coach of the year stuff. Uh, I don't I, I appreciate, you know, when that's coming from the peers. Cool. I also think it should be coaching staff of the year instead of coach of the year because it almost diminishes 
you know, just how important my staff is. Yeah. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, you get those type of things when, when you've got really good players that buy in. Um, and when I say buy into, it's not buying into everything that I say, it's just buying into the mission and to each other, uh, is such a big thing. Um, so yeah, recruiting wise, I think a lot goes into getting uh, our kind of guys. So getting talent that also fits. Um, and and then in terms of, I don't know, you lead the way, you do the best you can. Uh, you, you try to find guys that, that resonate with your message. Um, you know, culture is something that we, it's a, it's a buzzword. It's overused, probably least understood. Um, but it's really, what are the behaviors that, that uh, lead to winning? And we, we try to talk out those and flesh out those and get the guys that uh, are all about those things and, and want to get better along that journey. Uh, and, and I consider myself really fortunate to be at places now um, along the way where we've been able to recruit great players. Um, you know, so that's a big piece of it, too, just being lucky where I've been. Uh, there's a lot of programs that, um, you know, maybe they are excellent recruiters, but it's harder to recruit to their school. Okay, I got Coach, have you had the opportunity to have your team maybe involved with the youth in the community? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that's really important. Um, and so specifically, like in January, we did a free clinic where all our guys uh, and, and the community basically um, just came over for an hour, two hours. Uh, we worked on dribbling, passing, shooting, gave them some things that, that are important to us and maybe some some teaching points and then let them play and talk them through some decision-making um, things and competition. Uh, and then the, the campers will say, uh, or youth were, were able to ask some questions. Um, we run camps every summer. Our guys are really active in coming back. We do an overnight camp where we've had over a hundred nice. campers and all of our guys come back and work that one. Um, so it's been a great, like a lot of times our fans are, are those young kids that, that look up to our guys as if they're, they're professional players, uh, which is always an awesome thing. But, you know, we've done some other things, too. We, we do as much as we can, as much as the schedule allows. There's a reading program. There's a Big Brother program that we're involved with. And, um, you know, sometimes our guys are getting as much out of that as, as that 8-year-old or that 10-year-old is. Uh, I tell you what, it's always exciting uh, to get back and excited for the kids to see uh, some college players uh, to have a little interest in them. Um. No doubt. How are you communicating with your team during this coronavirus situation? Yeah, we do a Sunday Zoom, 8.15, right before the last dance, Jordan documentary. Um, that, that's been good, talking to our guys about that. Um, we've had a couple kind of couple guest speakers pop in on the Zoom. Uh, some of it's just been, you know, finding out what their challenges are. I mean, the first thing is just making sure everybody's okay and their families are okay and that uh, everybody stays healthy. Um, follows the medical advice and, uh, but also keeps on working and doing the best they can with what they have. Uh, and then the other thing we're doing is we've got some platoon leaders, we'll call them that are also responsible for one zoom a week with their units. We'll say, so we basically have six groups of three that are getting together and just talking in small groups, kind of breakout groups, uh, and trying to bring out the best in one another. That's an idea. Well, coach, uh, I want to thank you for taking a little time to uh, speak with me today. Um, uh, you're, you're doing a great job down there. Um, so we want to wish you the best in the, in the future. But uh, is there anything you would like to add before you go? 
Well, I want to say, you know, it's great to connect with you, Hondo, and I know how impactful you've been in the community down there. Um, so I know how much respect that you get. Uh, you've always been about the kids and, and helping people achieve and do better and, and dream bigger and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, thinking enough uh, of me and what I might have to say to, to ask me to, to be a part. Well, Coach, I really appreciate you just taking some time to uh, to speak with me today. Okay, my guest today has, on the Hondo Handy podcast has been Coach Josh Merkel, head coach at Randolph-Macon. Coach, good luck in the future. Hope we, uh, we'll be playing soon. Thanks, Hondo. All the best. All right, thank you.